I'm Russ. And I'm Danny. And this is the Memory Makers Podcast. The show that helps you create amazing customer experiences and make more memories. Memory Makers Podcast. I'll be home soon. <laughs> There's a throwback song. I had to, I had to tie that part in. I don't remember what that song is, but it's that "Come to My Window." <laughs> it's like from like the '80s and '90s mixed rock station that my mom listened to when she would take us to school or whatever. And I probably dated myself inappropriately for listeners that are pissed that I'm that young. <laughs> That's fan. There's so much to love about that. Everything you just did. Well, you're welcome. But also, those anybody who actually knows the song that that is, please put it in the comments, and uh, we'll we'll figure out something fun to do with that. <laughs> I love it. First person to comment the right answer wins a prize. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, we'll come up. We'll, we'll make a prize and, and have it be fun. I'm sure you know we've got plenty of cool stuff around here. We've got Creative Works backpacks. First person that puts it in the comments that knows this song, we will give you a Creative Works backpack. It is said that's a verbal contract right there. Done. Just like that. <laughs> and it is and it is being recorded, so it's Yeah, I'm on record. Ooh, okay. Well, we're in it now. What have you been up to, good sir? It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Uh we just my wife and I just had Kimberly Schilling from Creative Works out to mm-hmm. visit us here in Colorado and we did a weekend of hiking Jealous. in preparation for our climb to Mount Kilimanjaro in February. So Man. We did, uh, we did a couple days of hiking up in the mountains here in Colorado and got some miles under our feet and experienced a lot of different kinds of weather very quickly. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I, uh, I, it sounds like you guys got into some of the cloud cover and got chilled down pretty quick in some of that wet, moist air up top. Uh, yeah, a little bit. The, yeah. the difference between day one and day three for you know having it real hot and sunny on day one and by day three we were up uh almost at twelve thousand feet in elevation and Ooh. just the cloud coverage you couldn't see more than 100 feet with the fog and the clouds it was really cool dang and it was like awesome. 45 degrees yeah colorado in the summertime is is maybe one of my favorite places ever i mean it's just fantastic yeah it's really Love good it. well tr- seamless transition to content for today star wipe mike we're going to pretend like there was a star wipe. I don't know okay. if there was or not, but <laughs> it was a visual gag. We apologize. <laughs> so today we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about marketing, right? And yeah. I think marketing is one of those things we could probably have an entire podcast series about marketing and dive mm-hmm. into the weeds on a ton of different areas. This is going to be kind of a high level overview of a couple pieces that may be beneficial for those in the location-based entertainment industry to understand whether it's about how to communicate with different marketing personas that you create or social media presence, website, and email. So we're going to hit high level on a couple different things. I'm going to throw it your way first. Let's talk about marketing personas. Yeah, this was an interesting uh, exercise that we went through just in-house as we were trying to to really connect with what are we doing and how is that actually you know translating to the folks that, that are the intended recipient. And we got into making these personas where 
we need to put ourselves in the mind of the the folks that are coming to experience it. And so when we look at it from as an operator, you know, am I who's the primary, you know, decision maker that's going to get people in the door? What's going to resonate with them? What's their daily life look like? What distractions do they have? And how can I insert myself into that equation um, by being additive and not just another, you know, piece of white noise? And so thinking about the different things and your different content that you're putting out there with a very specific end person in mind is going to help you create more relevant and intentional content. So a couple of examples that we put together um, for creating different types of personas in detail for an ideal customer for you would be like a Mother Mary. And this is a 40-year-old mom with two kids under 16. She owns a home within 10 miles of the venue. She works full-time from home as a freelancer and coaches the kids' soccer team. And, and the reason why we get into specificity on that is, you know, what is going on in her daily life? That paints the picture of someone who is on the go, spinning a lot of plates. How do we then meet that person where they are uh, in a way that's going to resonate? Another example that we have is like a social Samantha, where um, Samantha is very glamorous. She lives at 20, she's a 28 year old who is dating without kids, rents an apartment near the city center, works full time at a software company and loves socializing over drinks with friends. And so, you know, when we talk about things, it's like, oh, women from, you know, 25 to 30 that have this, that and the other. It's like there's those are too broad of brushes. They, those kinds of demographic analysis have their place. Um, but when you're thinking about your content and, and how is this particular message and what am I hoping to get? What actions am I hoping that they take from this? We really need to make sure that we're being relevant to who that person is and what their experiences are. And it's a it's a fun process where you can go through and create these things and, and then um, really base that off of who you're seeing coming into your center. Sometimes you may have a new audience or a new uh, group of people that you want to be focusing on to bring in that haven't come to your facility in the past. And so getting really specific and intentional of who they are, what makes them tick, how can we make that um, you know relevant, engaging content? So that is, is really really kind of sets up this whole thing with personas of this just makes sure that we're not doing the same voice and the same blast and the same, you know, just kind of bullhorn approach with stuff that we're putting out on our platforms and our websites and all of that. We, we, everything needs to be done with that level of specificity in mind. Specificity is a great word to describe that. And I, I think the specificity also goes to the next topic that I wanted to hit on, which is social media. And what I mean by that is understanding your audience, which part of that comes from doing your uh, customer personas and Mm -hmm. and understanding your audience. But you want to know, who am I reaching so that on social media, you can make sure you're putting your one on the right platforms to begin with, and then you're putting the right messages on the right platforms, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert, Mother Mary and Social Samantha are not on the same social media platforms. Yes. (laughs) And also to be clear, those are just examples we happen to put together. Yours could be very different than that. You can name them whatever you want to. And I like having a name like a Mother Mary or Social Samantha or whatever the name is going to be because it allows it to be more memorable in your Mm -hmm. mind. And it's something that's easy to visualize. And you can even go with the uh, marketing personas. You can go to um, online and grab 
a stock photo that really is a good representation of each of them. And you can mm -hmm. post pictures around when you're planning your marketing messaging to understand that is a person right there on the wall that I'm communicating to and having the high level description as well as their picture. So that when you're making your marketing messaging, when you're creating your website pages, which we'll get to in a little bit, and all those different pieces, you make sure you're talking and speaking to the right people with the right language. Big time. Um, now, when we get back to the social media side of things, part of the reason it's important, and you mentioned this, someone like a Mother Mary and a social Samantha are going to be on very different platforms. Mm -hmm. If you are trying to engage with teenagers, there's a handful you really want to focus on. YouTube, which is the number one consumed social media content for teenagers. You've also got TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat. If you want to reach teens, do not use Facebook because they're really just not on there, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of different places you can research the statistics of how each of these platforms are used so that you can make sure you're using the right one for your given audience. Mm -hmm. But one of the core tenets of the way to think about social media is be their entertainment, don't interrupt it. Traditional advertising, so much of that is about, hey, if we think about linear television, cable television, I'm watching a show and I'm going to be interrupted in that show to show me advertisements. Mm -hmm. Well, that is not what you, uh, how you want to approach social media. Instead of just posting an entire timeline of, hey, here's all of our specials or, hey, here's all of our events coming up or all that stuff. And the entire timeline is just images of your flyers. People aren't going to engage or interact in any way because it's boring. Where's the fun? Your, yeah. <laughs> Where's the where, fun? <laughs> yeah. If you think about yourself, how many businesses do you follow that that's the only thing that they post? Yeah. Probably not many and probably none. And so it's about trying to be engaging. And there's different ways that you can do that. Some of it is about um, doing sneak peeks. If you've got something new, maybe it's a menu item, maybe it's a new arcade game, maybe it's an attraction. You can start creating some buzz by showing sneak peeks or some of your employees uh, preparing or eating the food or um, mm -hmm. you know a little teaser of them getting ready to play the attraction. Mm -hmm. You can show guests playing games. There's nothing resonates more than when you can show imagery or visuals of your ideal customers playing the experiences that you have in your center and yeah. people being able to engage with that. You can do, there's so many national blank day, right? There's national donut day. There's national yeah. talk like a pirate day. There's all these different things and you can find really interesting and clever ways to be able to uh, incorporate that into what you do and bring out your personality as mm -hmm. a business and as a brand and with your team members. Yeah. One of the <laughs> best examples of that one, Danny, was like Andretti's on National Donut Day took their go-karts and, and it was a, you know, you want to talk about TikTok friendly, that quick, you know, repeating video clip of them just doing donuts on the track, you know, and it's like our guys really get after National Donut Day. And so it's fun. It's cheeky. It's a great way to have that personality shine through and have it be more than clinical stuff. And it's, it's just good visual entertainment and, and having things like, hey, we've got the new attraction coming in with the, you know, we're showing that crate in there with a whole bunch of question marks and stuff posted on it. It's just showing that you're, you're being there living, you, your business is a living, you know, entity almost, and it has its own persona and personality that needs to come through. And, and speaking of a personality, the other people at your business, the individuals, your team members have personalities and a lot of them probably have interesting and unique talents. So as an example, if you tend to hire very outgoing people, a lot of times they might be in show choir or different things where they spend time on stage. So if you bring together three or four of your 
party hosts or three and four of your employees that happen to be in choir or anything like that, and you get them to do kind of a three or four part harmony of happy birthday and sing that to um, someone recording and then post that on social media, moms would eat that up. They mm. love that kind of content. It's engaging. It's fun. It's unique. Just different ways that you can show off who you are mm -hmm. and what you represent as a company and what your employees represent as well. Side note, the employee talent kind of posts are really great for attracting other like-minded switched on cats that you want to have working for you as well. So it, it's showing that people are enjoying spending time working here. People are enjoying time coming here. It's just a, a great recruitment opportunity as well because you're serving a couple of audiences, not just your guests. So uh, let's uh, kind of move on from the social media side of things. Sure. I'd love to have you talk about the website. Again, for those listening and watching, this is a very high-level overview of a few different areas and good mm -hmm. food for thought. Maybe in future episodes, we'll do deep dives on each yeah. of these, but we want to equip you with just really good knowledge across the board. Yeah. Well, so Danny, you and I have been through, you know, kind of the the forged fires of redoing a website a couple of times. And, you know, it, it's not something that you need to, to have be an all-consuming aspect of your life that takes over, but some really good rules of thumb that can that can help you have an effective website and presence. We always recommend just keep it simple. Um, you know, the keep the kiss mon monogram of keep it simple, stupid, just we want to avoid clutter. This needs to be thought of as far as a lot of these people are going to be looking at it from their phone as opposed to regular screens. How much stuff are you trying to cram in there? What does that content actually translate and look like for? And any website developer worth their salt is going to have the mobile-friendly integrations and stuff, but you just need to be looking at that. It's not just the content, you know, from, from one you know, viewpoint. So you need to think about it from that and that less can oftentimes be more. Um, easy navigation is really, really important where it's just, hey, what are, if if we're putting on our persona hat and we know that people are coming to our website, if Mother Mary's coming to our website, it's likely to book, um, you know, book an event for a birthday party. It's going to be something where she's doing that at 11 p.m. when she's finally able to have a glass of wine when the kids are all down and that's the first free moment that she's had. So her trying to, you know, find the the very buried contact us or here's our information on parties or whatever just think about how people are you know what life is happening around them and, and how you're trying to bring this to them I think each page that you have should have a very clear goal or intention, whether it's to inform or to excite, but ultimately to take action in some way and, and, and asking for that action to take place and giving them those opportunities. Otherwise, they tend to kind of walk right by it. You know, it's it's good for checking some things out, but if you're not giving them something where they can book now or um, reserve a lane or, you know, find out information or request, request more pricing on a party package or what have you, you, you need to be able to have them come away with something and be able to take action on these pages. Um, pictures, I think are, we talked about this on the social media. It's like, don't be having pictures of your rates and all of that. Like have the, the, the rate or the special, but it's always next to somebody having fun or somebody doing something big or somebody enjoying and living and celebrating and escaping is why they come there to do that. So it just, everything needs to scream. We are the place, this is what people do, you know, where they come together and celebrate. Uh, so that way, all of that, you're building the emotion and the excitement and the fear of missing out um, that can come with all of that. So we talked about it before, just making sure, again, it's worth repeating, mobile friendly, mobile friendly, mobile friendly. Um, but your personality should be coming through here a lot. So Danny and I, one of the things that we spent some time on with our websites was 
we, you know, Danny and I are a little cheeky. We're a little weird, you know, we're a little goofy. And so we want some of that stuff to, to come through. That's who our company is. You know, we're a bunch of mad scientists and the Island of misfit toys that have found their forever home, you know? So we want people to, you know, we want that, that tone to be able to come through. So whatever you guys identify, it may not be your personal voice, but it may be just that cultural identity, um, that you guys have, have really woven together as a team bring that out because it's going to attract people that are looking to to come and, and spend time with people that they identify with, you know, and, and whether it's car commercials and it's like, Ooh, I see myself in that car or I doing that. Like people need to be able to resonate and connect with you on this, especially on a passive format, like a website. And when it comes to the pictures on the website, the whole idea of show don't tell is really important. And if mm. you're struggling with pictures um, or if you don't have a lot or if you're planning on opening a new attraction, talk to your attraction providers, the manufacturers you're purchasing them from. Very often, they're going to have marketing kits and materials they can provide to you to make that gathering of information and materials a whole lot easier to showcase on your website. Uh, we also highly recommend as often as you can getting some actual photos in your own facility so that when someone goes to your website it's not a stock photo of a kid at a birthday party it's actually your venue with your food and your beverage and your backgrounds and all the things it is a much better connection than just some random joe schmo that uh, very often it's easy to know when something is a stock image you can Mm kind of spot one at least i can from a pretty far distance Uh, so (laughs) highly recommend putting in some effort to get some of those photos it doesn't have to be super expensive to do and the payoff of that is really really large Mm hmm. Well, and that's where, OK, you've got the friends and family night like have, you know, when you have the potluck thing on Sunday and, and moms and the friends are coming in and, and you're doing some of that. And if you're not doing that, you maybe should. But using that as a great opportunity to be able to get some pictures and um, and it's it's not something that has to be just a new task by itself. This is something where you've got people coming in, you've got fun happening in there. Capture it and promote it because it is just the secret sauce of what makes this great. So So where I want to finish out today's episode is with email marketing. Yeah. And that is still one of the most powerful ways that any small business can do their marketing. And one of the things that I find very often on lots of businesses' websites and in our industry for location-based entertainment centers is having somewhere maybe near the footer of, uh, of their website that says, sign up for our newsletter, and then you can put in your email and sign up. Don't do that. Uh, and part <laughs> Stop of the reason it. is <laughs> no one's really going to sign up because uh, what is the newsletter? How often is it sent? What kind of information are you going to give me? Why should I even sign up in the first place? None of that information is there. And so just being super vague about newsletter and stay in touch. It's be much more specific and intentional. If you want to be able to, to grow your email list, give people an incentive. Maybe by signing up, they're going to get a free game card for the first time that they come in, or they're going to get a free drink with a purchase of pizza or whatever it may be. Give them some sort of incentive for why they want to sign up in the first place. And then let them know what to expect of how often you generally email and the kind of information they can expect to receive. And that's going to make that, uh, that, kind of transaction, so to speak, a lot easier, even though you don't want this to be a transactional relationship, it's much more likely that someone is going to sign up. Another really great way to do that is there's a lot of different systems that can do this, but when you have Wi-Fi in your facility, 
make sure you're capturing the customer data. They have to input their email address and name in order to connect to the Wi-Fi. It's a really great way for you to start, again, continuing to gather that information and grow that email list. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a term that's used all the time, and as a marketer, it makes <laughs> me cringe. And that term is email blast. Ugh, I hate that yes. word. Blast, consider that a four-letter word. You don't want to <laughs> do that because... And to bring it full circle at the beginning, you were talking about marketing personas and how to not use the the bullhorn to say the same thing to all those people. Use your email list in the same way. It's not a, hey, I've got however many thousands of people on my list. I'm just going to take this one piece of information and send it to everyone at the exact same time in the exact same way. No, it's about understanding how can you use data to segment your list and to send very specific pieces of content to different parts of your list at very specific times. Mm-hmm. Happy things- hour and social Samantha is a lot different than birthday parties and mother Mary. I mean, it's just, and, and then all you're doing is training people to not care about your emails. If they're constantly getting stuff that doesn't apply to them, if one out of every five of them actually has something that's relevant to them, you're getting, you're getting auto filed into the spam filter friend. Like it just, you're, you're an email purgatory from then on with that person. It's just game over. So you just don't, don't, paint yourself into a corner before you even, you know, start, so to speak. And there's, you know, use the data from your various systems that you can then port into your marketing platform. And there's a lot of different things that you can bring over. It could be uh, the age groups. It could be their attraction interest. It could be the types of um, purchases that they've made in the past, or if they're a league bowler, there's a lot of different pieces of data that you can use. But to Russ's point, if you send out a message to everyone about booking birthday party for your kids and that's kind of the majority of your messages you send to everybody someone like the social samantha is going to either hit it as spam or unsubscribe right away because it's Mm -hmm. super not relevant and so that's the best way to be able to think about email marketing is target and segment don't blast Mm -hmm. and it takes a little bit more work and more effort, but the fruits of that labor and the impact that you're going to have with your email marketing is going to skyrocket when you do that. Yeah, I think the the you know thing that kind of comes to mind, even if it's like, hey, we've redone our restaurant and have all this new food and beverage. Well, somebody that's coming in and doing corporate bookings is going to look at that from a very different set of filters and decision criteria than someone who's looking to eat out, you know, on their their kind of semi regular spot. So it's both are still very relevant to your new addition and your new focus, but you're also going to get a ton. You know, you're going to three or four times the amount of traction as opposed to just hitting on on you know one of the two of those at any given. time time. So it's just really thinking about what does the, what does this mean to the person that I'm sending it to? And is it specific enough for it to be meaningful? And that really brings together the whole idea of today's episode. It's understanding your audience and how you want to speak to them given who they are and what mm-hmm. their interests are. And that starts with your marketing personas and that moves through the way that you post and where you post on social media. It moves into your website and how that's structured and the information that you share on there and your email marketing and the way that you're delivering that to different people's inboxes. Big time. So when you can bring all those pieces together, be very intentional and segment to the right people and the right audiences, your marketing efforts will uh, yield a lot better results. And I think that, for me is a great place to wrap up today's episode. What do you think, Russ? I am on board with you, friend. I appreciate your insights on this for sure. I always get some extra takeaways and you and I talk this shop a lot, so I appreciate you. 
Um, we've got a ton of great content, more episodes uh, coming your guys' way. They come out weekly. Be sure to come back and check us out again. We'll also be having guests coming on and diving even deeper uh, into more of the nuances and the fun and the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. So we appreciate you guys continuing to keep checking us out. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And we appreciate those five stars, please and thank you. If you've got any ideas for future episode topics or guests that you'd like to see, follow us on social media and send us a direct message. We'd love to hear from you. Big time. Shout out to Mikey Mike on the ones and twos working the ultranet as always. And uh, with that, we will catch you on the next one, troublemakers.